what to do during your off season. We are in the swing of off season training and the last few podcasts we have talked about the importance of taking time off with rest and recovery during this time of year after a big buildup and then racing a fall marathon. However, once we get over those first few days and weeks completely off of running, what should you be doing during this off season? What is a reverse taper? When should you start doing workouts again? All of these questions and more will be addressed in this episode. So going down the list, there's like six main points we're going to be talking about in this episode. The first is what is a reverse taper and how can you do it? The next point will be how much mileage should you be running in those two to three months after a marathon? So let's say you did a early October marathon. Really, realistically, how much should you be running around Christmas time or the first of the new year? Like what should your mileage look like then compared to what it was during peak marathon training? When should you start doing workouts again? Number four, when should you aim to do a race again? Number five, should you focus on speed or endurance during this off season? And number six, should you start on lifting or focus on nutrition during this off season time? So going up to that first point, the reverse taper, I think for some people it is a little bit self-explanatory. Maybe you've never heard of it, but essentially before your big race, you did a taper. And what the taper looked like was the three weeks before your marathon, maybe it was four weeks, maybe it was two weeks, you did a reduction in mileage leading up to that race so that you could be racing on fresh legs, you could peak at your race. So maybe three weeks out, you did your longest run, two weeks out, you did 75% of that. One week out, you did maybe 50% of what your peak long run was. And then race week, you did pretty minimal mileage that week. So the reverse taper is going to look a little bit more lengthy than that, um, especially because you're going to have probably one to two full weeks completely off of running. So when you get back into things, don't think of it as, oh, what did I do the week before the race? That's what I should do now. No, it's going to be something more like every other day running. And at this point, I personally don't recommend running more than 45 minutes at a time. Your first run back, maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Then we're going to take a rest day. Then we're going to run the next day after that, after one or two rest days, and do another 30-minute run. And that might look like a complete reduction of what you were doing um, maybe a month prior. It's very, very minimal. But it's really a longer process to do a reverse taper than it is to do a regular taper. So in that first week back to running, you're probably only going to do three or four runs with rest days in between each. And we're not going to go more than 45 minutes. So they're probably going to be a lot of 30 to 45 minute runs. The idea here is just to get kind of back into things, um, see how the body is feeling. We really want to be careful during this time because the first four weeks after the marathon, you are at a very, very increased risk of injury. So keeping those days easy, keeping it really light. That second week back into running, so now we're probably gonna be two to four weeks post-marathon, depending on how much time you took off there. We are going to maybe try one day of back-to-back running and see how that feels. But again, we're not gonna be doing any runs, probably more than 45 to 50 minutes in duration. 
Um, I don't recommend going more than one hour until you're about four weeks out from the marathon. And for some people that might sound really extreme, but I find that it really helps aid in recovery. One hour of running while you're marathon training seems like no big deal. It's just another easy day. Maybe you're doing that. I don't know if you're like me, you did it six days a week. But in your recovery process, it is going to look a lot different. It's called an off season for a reason. And so we really want to make sure that we're not stressing the body. This is a time of recovery. And so there's a reason why we're not going to be going um, super long. It's because we want to be giving our muscular skeletal system a little bit of a break. And um, I think it really yields to good results. And in the past, I have had experiences where I follow these rules really well. And I'm able to recover pretty quickly. But there's also been times where... I didn't quite follow these rules and it ended up being a regression in fitness over the course of two to three years. And it's a slow creep, right? So our body can handle the stress. I think I've said that in prior episodes, your body can handle that stress, but it's going to result in reduction of fitness over time because your body is operating kind of in a hole. So instead of operating in your prime where you're getting enough recovery, you're getting enough rest, you're now asking your body to do too much. And so it's not going to be able to gain fitness when it needs to in a couple of months. Yeah, you know, this is a fun one because I feel like all of these questions sort of go hand in hand. And so, you know, when you talk about um, when to start doing workouts again or focusing on speed or endurance after you start up again, I mean, a lot of this might depend on your experience, your history, and also when you are aiming to race again, right? So I know a lot of times people want to do races. Um, up here in the north, if you do a fall marathon, sometimes it's nice that you don't, you're not tempted to do races after because you have like the winter. But if you're in a different climate or you're running a spring marathon, sometimes you don't want to take that time off, right? Ideally, it'd be nice if you take about three months off from racing after the marathon so you have time to go through these different sort of phases that we'll talk about. And so that will allow you to fully recover and get ready and so that you're ready to race to your potential. Now, could you race six weeks after your marathon? You could do a race, yes, but it probably wouldn't be an all-out race experience, right? Like I know people that like to jump in a turkey trot after their fall marathon, things like that. So that's probably okay as long as you take it, you know, a little bit less serious and you don't push yourself to your max. But for me, when I'm working with athletes, if they're open to really um, being patient with racing again or setting their next race goal or running their next marathon, that sort of thing, ideally it would be nice to split up their training into a few phases where... You know, each phase will last probably, well, so for example, phase one is just building that foundation again of getting running. And you talked about like every other day, Mm -hmm. um, getting back to running consistently. That's what it's about. So two to three weeks of that. Phase two will be, we start to increase some of the runs. Um, We might introduce some very minimal like pace increases, like, you know, like the last mile, you could pick up the pace, that sort of thing. So again, that's two to three weeks in length. So that puts you at a month to a month and a half right there, just to get through the first two phases. Now you're ready for some workouts. So phase three is where I call building fitness. That's where we're gonna start to have more quality sessions that challenge you or help you gain confidence um, so that you can start to you know tailor those workouts to the, the race goals that you have down the road. So if you wanna focus on 5K, 10K for a while, we'll do a little bit more speed endurance. Um, you know, obviously it'll depend on your background, what you've done in the past. Maybe this is an opportunity to start to build up your mileage too for some people if you're gonna do another uh, marathon a few months later. So, you know, the phases will look different for each individual athlete, but I like to discuss this ahead of time with athletes so they sort of know and helps them, you know, create that buy-in as to why we're doing what we're doing and why it's so important that we ease into things and not overdo it in those early phases. 
Definitely. And I think the turkey trot, I mean, the timing of it just always is horrible for people who do uh, like a Chicago <laughs> Twin City situation because they always want to do it and our athletes usually do do it. But I think going into it with like really low expectations, if you just did a fall marathon, it might be like your first right first like Party. speed right. like I mean maybe you did like one fart like before that but um they're fun turkey trots are fun but definitely usually not like an a race for people if you had a fall uh, marathon um just because there's not a lot of recovery time and so yeah I mean it's a really good point to bring that up and the next question we want to get into is how much mileage should you be running in the two to three months after the marathon Again, it's really going to vary person to person. Some people, they might just be completely wiped. So I, what I like to do is look at what have you been doing in the last 18 months? And that's really going to paint a picture of like where the athlete is at. Um, for example, if I had an athlete who came to me uh, two months postpartum and was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Um, I want to run a fall marathon six months postpartum. I didn't really run much during my pregnancy. I took a lot of time off, but I just really want to like build back up. And this person has an endurance background, all that stuff. Um, And we get them there and their goal is just to finish the marathon, get back some fitness. And they do that. Um, This individual looking at their history, what have they been doing the last 18 months? Well, they took, you know, significant time off already in the last 18 months. So they're kind of not going to need to take as much of a break necessarily because they just came back from that that break they've had a break on a macro level in the last two years right but then i look on the opposite end of the spectrum maybe where i was at this fall i came out of my fall marathon in 2022 with i i think it was did i run i ran four marathons in 16 months prior so definitely don't recommend but it's like I was coming back from a postpartum experience and I was kind of like gaining fitness and with each marathon I was subsequently like getting faster and kind of getting back to like pre-pregnancy and stuff. And so maybe I fell in that camp a little bit in the beginning where it's like, I just came back from an extended time off. I just had a break and now I'm back to racing. But by the end of that last marathon, 16 months later, I was just mentally burnt, physically done, like I needed an extended time off. And so a coach would look at that and go, this individual has been grinding hard for like 18 to 24 months. We need a line in the sand. You need to take some time off. Like it needs to be a little bit more extended and we don't need to be doing base mileage two to three months after this race because what's going to be best for you in the long run is taking that extended time off. And there's a lot of reasons for that mentally, physically. Um, there's just a lot of benefits to having more of an extended off season. And you have to really be realistic with yourself. Like how long can you keep going, grinding, 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 you're, you're in and you're out. Um, and what I hate to see as a coach is sometimes people will do that to themselves, maybe for like three, four years. And then boom, there's like a line in the sand. They just completely stop running. Like it goes from an all or nothing mindset. And what I think is a really healthy approach is kind of having a little bit more balance and going to like more moderate exercise for a couple of months we don't need to be all or nothing it doesn't have to be a black or white mindset so if you are someone who has taken an extended break or maybe you feel like you've had you know a period of time where you were running pretty low mileage within the last 18 months um, maybe you don't need to take as much of a downtime like you can still have your rest you know that full month or two but maybe when you're like two to three months post marathon you might actually be running 80% of what you were during marathon training 
Or if you're someone who maybe it was like your first marathon, you're still kind of building mileage. Maybe you're newer to the sport. Um, there's just so many scenarios where that might be the case. Where I would say some athletes, if you've been kind of grinding, going after it, hustling, like no time off, this is where like a lot of like my friends would fall, right? Because once you get into endurance running and sports, it can be really hard to break patterns that we have. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that pattern of like marathon fall, marathon spring, marathon fall, marathon spring, and there's no downtime. Like it's just constantly grinding. You might actually find a really big benefit from like dropping your mileage. So let's say you haven't taken a break, right? Let's say you're one of these grinders. Um, and in these two to three, two to three months after a marathon, what if you're only running 50%? of what you did during peak marathon training. That could actually be a huge benefit to you because then when you go to do like your next training cycle, you're coming into it fresher, you're coming into it more hungry. And what I think happens to a lot of runners, I mean, I have so many friends in the running community that have been doing that grinder mode. They're like, they just reach this point where they, they don't care anymore. I've heard people say, I hate running, and yet they're still out there doing these marathons. And so if you're ever having this attitude of like, you feel like you have to do it, and I think that's a really bad place to be at. And that's when I usually see people have like their time start tanking. They actually don't even really enjoy running anymore, but they're like forcing themselves. It's like a habit, right? So I think you really need to be aware of when that's you. Maybe being honest with yourself and just be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take some time off. And guess what? That fitness is going to come back so fast. And after my marathon that I took, I think it was must have been like close to four months where I didn't run more than probably like 30% of what I was doing during peak marathon training. I did like literally no running and um, it came, it comes back, snap of the fingers. Like it was a couple of weeks. And I remember people were reaching out and they were like, Mm -hmm. how are you feeling like getting back into running? Cause I didn't run at all. I was doing like skiing and people were saying like, do you even run anymore? Um, and I was able to kind of build back up really quickly because if you have that background where you've been running for decades and you're doing marathons, you can build it up so much more quickly and you benefit so much from that time off. And I will say once I started to get back into things, I felt so good. It's like, it's so refreshing to take that time off and allowing your body to really recover both mentally and physically. And it really just does something for you. Yeah, it's interesting hearing you talk about like the grinders and how sometimes like <laughs> people with those tendencies like um, they're not maybe getting the results that they want and so like maybe doing something a little bit more substantially uh, you know as far as like a change to their training will benefit them later and I think that that's what we need to figure out is we need to assess like okay how did our training go um, not just how the race went because sometimes training could go great and the race just didn't didn't go your way but as a whole how did things go how are you feeling post you know almost a couple weeks after the race and then you can figure out like how much of some changes you need to make, right? Like maybe you just need some incremental changes, like um, you know, as far as if we're talking mileage here, maybe um, you, you only need to cut down by twenty percent or ten percent, you know, that sort of thing. Or like you said, if you're kind of new to the marathon, mm-hmm. but you had a few good half marathon cycles before that, maybe now you're going to do another half cycle, and so you might find that your mileage is kind of quite comparable because you are growing year after year, right? The only difference might be your long runs are capped at like 13, 14, as opposed to the longer runs. So yeah, on average, your your weekly totals might just be a little bit less, right? They might be like four or five miles less than what they were. But for others, if you're going to be focusing on shorter race distance or, you know, you need to maybe make some changes because uh, what you've done in the past, you know, hasn't quite given you the, the results that you're looking for, 
this is where you might want to try something a little bit more, you know, substantial or um, just different in general. And so you mentioned, you know, taking almost like a whole winter off. I've seen athletes do that who just mm -hmm. take like, they take time off, they focus on something else. Maybe they come back and they just have this new like rejuvenation or appreciation for running again. Um, but you know, you can still just, you can still run a few days a week and right. just not be so focused on like, um, performance, right. And, and results it can just be like something you're doing just to stay active while you focus maybe on some other things um, so i've seen it kind of all across the board there's not really a right way it's just about figuring out what's gonna be best for you right yeah i mean there's like two two ends of the spectrum right and i think speaking yeah. to those people that are maybe a little bit more on like the neurotic side i mean even thinking of like your friend matt who took a couple of months or even like years off from racing didn't really run mm -hmm. as much um, it's almost like you thought, oh, he's, he's, he's over it. He's done. He's not going to be racing again because he was a really great runner. I mean, I think he ran before his time off. What was his marathon time? Two, 235. 235. Right. So like really respectable. And then he took significant time off of a racing. I don't think I saw him at a race for three years mm -hmm. at least. Um, then he comes back on the scene and he, what did he end up running? Like a 220 at some 224, point? 224. 224. Like Crazy, that. right? Like in his mid-30s. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting because like he just kind of, he fell off the map according to, you know, what most people would say. But it's like, if you take that time off, you might actually come back more refreshed mentally and physically. And I think that's what really surprises some people. Um, I know I see this a lot with people who have pregnancies and then like give birth it's like you maybe you're in this like oh like grinder phase like i have to go 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 and like you're a little bit burnt out and then your pregnancy and postpartum periods like require you to pretty much like tone it down like you can't really run for six weeks postpartum and during pregnancy you're probably not running um as much miles as you're used to and you're you're toning things down quite a bit and then when i see people come back postpartum they're like so much faster so much stronger and maybe they're running even less and that's because they kind of let go a little bit. I think if you have this choke hold on running where you're like, I have to run every day, I have to run this much, it can almost be detrimental. So I think it, it is good to be aware of like where you fall on that spectrum. Are you someone that's really trying to control and like have that choke hold on your running or are you more just building back and trying to get a solid base? And that's really gonna depend on how you're gonna approach that off season. So when should you start doing workouts again? This is a really good question. Um, I personally would not do a workout for at least four weeks after a marathon. I don't really see the point. You might even wanna go longer than that. Um, again, it really depends on the background. So someone who is gonna have that grinder background, I'd say maybe we're, let's wait 12 weeks. Let's just do some easy running. Um, maybe push back some of those fall races. Maybe we don't need to have any spring races, right? So I think that's maybe the moral of the story here is let's take at least like a solid off season where we don't have to have you back to racing in six months, right? So let's, let's stretch it. Let's not have a goal race for at least nine months, right? So that you can take that, that extra time. Um, if you're someone who maybe is coming back, like the postpartum example where I said they've already taken an extended time off, Maybe we're gonna get you back to workouts four weeks after your marathon. We're gonna ease into things. So the first workout back is not gonna look anything like that last work or that peak workout during marathon training. Like we're not gonna do mm -hmm. three by two mile at threshold. It's gonna look something like six by one minute pickups. Right. And that might be at your threshold pace because the first time you go to do a workout after not doing workouts for a month, you feel weird. It, it's like the first couple reps, you just have to like remember how to do it. And then you start to feel really good. Um, and then we almost wanna like pull the plug before we do too much. And so nice. you wanna ease back into things really slowly, building progressively again. So maybe you do a six by one mile, one minute fartlek, then 
four days later, maybe we're doing six by two minutes. And then four days after that, maybe we're going to do a progression run where we started an easy pace and then do like five miles ending at close to like a marathon pace, threshold pace, depending on how you feel. Then maybe four days later, we're going to do maybe it's eight by two minutes. You see how like we're progressively increasing like the time duration, whatever it is that we're um, doing for these fart legs. And then eventually you can get more into structured workouts. Maybe when you're two months after the marathon where you're doing something like four or five by one mile, like that's a pretty aggressive workout and it's pretty structured. So we want to wait maybe like eight weeks for something like that. And that should come four weeks after that first workout back. Um, but again, if you're someone who's in that grinder mode, maybe we're taking 12 weeks completely off of workouts, only doing easy runs and some strides. So question number four, when should you aim to race again? I think we kind of answered that already. If you are someone that is in that grinder mode, I think you would benefit so much from taking the spring season off from racing. I know that's not the answer that a lot of people want to hear, especially if you're someone that like probably has already signed up for races. Um, but I think there are so many benefits from taking an off season, like an extended one that's not just four weeks or whatever. Because if you have races six months after your marathon, you really have to think of like how that's putting you on a timeline. We almost want you not on a timeline right. so that we don't feel like we have to rush. We don't feel panicky. I see this happen so often with athletes is come January, we start to see panic. And it's because they have a race in April and they're not feeling 100% yet because they just had a marathon in October and there's like this panic and they're on a timeline. And we don't want you to feel that way. We want you to really be able to enjoy that off season because if you are having like that sense of panic, that sense of urgency, you're almost not even giving yourself a mental break, if that makes sense. And so you're negating some of the benefits of this off season where you could be kind of relinqu relinquishing that mental load. Yeah, you know, that was really well said. And I think a lot of the reasons why people sign up for these races is to keep themselves motivated, right? Because yep. some people will say, well, if I don't have anything to train for, I, I won't run. And so you just have to like uh, frame it up a little bit differently. Like understand, you know, what your training is going to look like during this time, why you're not doing the racing, figure out what I need to do to get out the door. You know, if it's 30 minute runs, 40 minute runs, four days a week, like just you got to make it happen. You have to commit to it because there needs to be some buy-in there and some, some commitment in order for you to, you know, reach your potential on the sport and maybe try something different with your training. Um, and be open to it. So I've recently had a few, you know, um, people do multiple marathons and now they're in their off season. So they're taking that time off and I'm anxious to, you know, I'm excited for them to see when they get back to racing, how they're feeling. Um, and so it's just always exciting to, um, you know, see how your body responds to different, different things that we throw at it with training. Yep. And the next point was, should I focus more on speed or endurance during this off season? So for this, I want to look at like, what is the athlete's goals over the next 12 to 18 months and then what is kind of their history and what is their experience you always want to be looking at the whole picture before you just give kind of like a blanket answer um i think that if you're someone that's been focusing on the marathon specifically for the last one to two training cycles you might find a lot of benefits from taking a season where you're focusing on speed you're moving back to that 5k stuff 
we saw a huge amount of benefits from doing that with our athletes, especially during the pandemic when all the races got canceled. A lot of our marathoners were like, well, now what? I'm not doing a virtual race. I do not want to do a virtual marathon. That's for sure. What should I do? And so we came up with a few challenges, virtual races, and we ended up having like a speed program that a lot of our athletes were doing for like a 5K sort of specific thing. I saw a lot of my athletes, even master's athletes who were in their 40s and older, they were running lifetime 5K PRs. They were running out of their mind in the mile. Some of these women were, I don't know, probably like 345, 330 marathoners. And I had a few of them break six in the mile. And so when you reach that next level, it, yeah, these are 40-year-old women. So when you when I saw that they were reaching that level in the one mile, I was like, whoa, like if we wouldn't have ever known that speed was there and they wouldn't have ever known that that speed was there. And I think it took the two that I'm thinking of, it took them like to this next level mentally where they were like, whoa, like I'm actually at a different level. And I remember, I think it was June of 2021. That's when grandmas kind of came back on radar. So this is a year later after these two women broke six in the mile. They just like crushed it at grandma's. Like it was in the 320s for them. And so they were running lifetime marathon PRs and they were in their mid to late 40s. And so it was like a huge Boston qualifier. But I think more so it was like this mental breakthrough that they had because they were like, if I can run sub six... Like what, and then they learn how to like push themselves to like a different level mentally and physically. And so there was a huge amount of benefits. And so, yeah, getting races canceled, that kind of sucked. But I just thought, wow, like what a benefit to some of these people that were able to focus on something else and then see their speed kind of go to that next level. And obviously it takes a lot of like commitment to then refocusing on endurance later, which is what we did Mm -hmm. with her. But I think there is some benefit to that. And this individual, um, the two of them I'm thinking, they really never, they never did a speed training cycle. It was always, I want to do a marathon in the fall or marathon in the spring or both. And I think if you're on that trajectory, it can be super beneficial to switch things up. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yes. Like, are the workouts going to be different? Yes. And I think we hear that oftentimes people will say, I'd rather race a marathon than a 5k. And it's because the pain of something new like racing a 5k it's so uncomfortable maybe we're not great at it um it can be hard on the ego but if you work hard at it you can improve and you can see that like change is possible and then you can sometimes break out of a rut that maybe you've been in in the marathon and reach new times Um, on the flip side of that if you're someone like i don't know my background for example if you maybe ran like your first couple marathons and you're just really you're just not hitting your potential in the times. Like maybe you have like these fire 5K times where it's like, okay, based on your 5K time, you should be running like 30 minutes faster in the marathon, 20 minutes faster in the marathon. And that was me a decade ago. Um, Maybe we do kind of focus still more on the endurance side of things. We're going to be doing more threshold workouts. We're going to be trying to maybe increase mileage, increase those long runs, get you comfortable doing like, 10, 12 mile long runs every single week because I think there's a lot of people that fall in the camp of, hey, like I'm not good at long distance stuff, but I'm really good at 5K stuff. And it's like, well, no, maybe that just means you have a lot of natural talent. We just need to train optimally even during this off season to help you build that endurance because that is something that takes a really long time to build. And especially if you don't have like an extensive background in the sport of running or doing long distance running, like you were more of a miler Mm -hmm. in college. And so if you would have maybe given yourself more time to like build that mileage and stuff before jumping up to 
the marathon like i right. think it could have been more beneficial but again i think there was just like a lack of knowledge at the time i think it was just like oh you're fast like go be fast at the marathon um and if you're fast at the 5k oh go be fast at the the marathon it's right. not that simple i mean we know people who are like all american what was alex zine all american 800 meter runner um just a a total struggle fest at his first marathon and it was probably over an hour slower than what vdot predicted but a lot of that boils down to just training the right systems and focusing on the right thing and if he would have really had more of like an endurance um endurance like build up there if he would have had the mileage and all those things it would have been um, like a different experience probably. Mm-hmm. And so you really want to look at what is maybe VDOT telling me and am I someone that says, hey, I'm really good at the 5K, but I'm terrible at the marathon. Then we're going to want to focus more on the endurance workouts, threshold workouts, that sort of thing. The next question is, should you start lifting, focusing on nutrition during this time? What do you think, Jason? Yeah, so I think, you know, for people who maybe have like a, a weight-related goal or something like that, this this is probably the time to sp- uh, focus on that more and spend more attention on that, maybe work with a dietitian because uh, it's tough to do during, like, peak training, right? And so, yes, this would be the time to tackle those goals. As far as lifting, you should always be lifting, but it might look a little different during your off-season. You know, for example, if you have a little bit more time or more desire to maybe lift a little bit harder or more for, like, power instead of uh, more stability and strength, and this would be the time to switch things up. And so this can also be in line with whatever your training goals are. So if you're going to be doing speed, yeah, maybe you're doing more plyo type lifts. So you're doing higher, higher weight, low reps, that sort of thing, as compared to during your season when you, you don't want to be feeling as sore, um, and your lifts might look a little bit different during that time. And so, um, again, I think it's about figuring out what, uh, what pieces maybe have mi- you've missed in the past. What are some of your weaknesses? Um, and then trying to, you know, implement some new strategies for you. And the other important piece is like, you know, you talk about those women, how they had the drastic Mm. kind of um, improvement in a short, fairly short period of time, but they were consistent that entire time, which is probably like a year and a half. Um, We, you may see some gains, but it might also take you a few cycles of doing this, right? Right. So like, just because you work on speed for one training cycle in between a marathon does not mean you're gonna drastically improve your five (laughs) k time. Like it could, or your half time or your full time. It could take a few of these and then, by making these adjustments from season to season, your body might eventually, um, you know, recognize the the changes and it may impact you later on down the road, so. Right, definitely. And then I think sometimes people have like false um, expectations for like what it's gonna look like. So for example, if I went into a 5K training cycle right now, um, I can't compare 32, 32 year old Victoria to what I was doing when I was like 22, right? Like right out of college, it's like my body's completely different. I've had three kids. Like I've been focusing solely on the marathon for the last decade. I haven't really raced a 5K in a couple of years, right? And the last times I have raced a 5K, I have to be honest with myself. I have not come close to the times I was running in my 20s, right? Like things are just different. And so if I went into a 5K training cycle right now thinking, yeah, I'm gonna run you know, X time that's faster than I've ran in, in years, you're gonna set yourself up for um, you know, failure mentally because your expectations are not in alignment with maybe like where reality is. And so I think it's really good to like have a time trial assess where you're at at the beginning and then find some sort of success maybe in like, hey, I'm running faster paces for workouts 10 weeks later, or I feel a lot stronger. So maybe like the courses are different or like, I don't know, like you just have like worse weather on that right. that last 5K. But overall, like can you measure 
I feel stronger, like I'm hitting my anaerobic paces a little bit better, whatever it may be. Cause yeah, there might be like a fluky weather day or whatever. And if that is the case, hey, maybe research a different 5K that's flatter, um, that doesn't have a lot of hills and that's gonna be in a more optimal weather day. And the great thing about a 5K is that you can do multiple within a training cycle. So always just kind of being realistic. And then I also think um, in a 5K, like even taking like 20 seconds off, that's like huge, mm-hmm. right? So in a marathon, you see these huge jumps, like 60 minutes or whatever, which it, honestly, you don't know what that those hours look like. Maybe that person went into their first marathon and they walked half of it. And right. really they had the potential all along to be running like three hours, but it said, oh, he ran five hours. Well, I mean, all he would have to do for the next one is not walk and he would run, you know, a way faster time. And so we just have to really look at like, what are we comparing here? So I think on social media, we see these huge drops in times in the marathon, but then in the 5k, it's like, oh, a 20 second PR. And people are like, eh, what, what? Like that's, that's not, but that's the super impressive. Cause that's like seven seconds per mile, which is insane. That's a yeah. big improvement. Um, and I think just celebrating like anytime and just anytime you're out there, it doesn't, it's not even all about times. It's about like, how did you feel? Like how were, how was the pacing? Um, all of those things. Uh, but I do think, yeah, should you start lifting or focus more on nutrition? Kind of going back to that initial question. Um, I think of all the times that you could start a new, uh, lifting regimen, the off season is probably going to be your best time to start. I often see that people mid training cycle for a marathon will, see oh i haven't been lifting i should i should start lifting and it's like well you know like you're entering peak week for your marathon and i don't really know if that's like the best thing to be maybe necessarily adding in right now like or they're like i really want to start crossfit and marathon training at the same time and so the off season might be a good time to explore some of those things so if you have been interested in doing um a new sport like me for example last year i was like i want to learn how to nordic ski and if i would have done that during marathon training i think that would have been a disaster because it's just too much on the body you want to make sure that you're not overloading and the off season is a great time to maybe start if you're looking to do a different form of exercise like maybe you want to get into biking or lifting and crossfit i don't know what it might be but this is a really good opportunity for you to kind of venture into that or maybe you want to get in powerlifting and starting a new lifting routine definitely a good time the other thing that i often see people want to do is during marathon training there's like all of a sudden people really care a lot about oh like nutrition or oh i want to lose weight like i hear sometimes those things go hand in hand i think the worst possible time that you can try to lose weight or be in a caloric deficit is during marathon training and our registered dietitians would agree with that they definitely don't think that you can have those performance related goals and be in a caloric deficit at the same time it's just not conducive to running your fastest times so the off season if you are someone that um, maybe you want to be in that category of you are maybe overweight and you need to lose some weight out under your doctor's um, orders or whatever it may be. This could be a good time to be focusing on that nutrition side of things. Definitely working under the guidance of a registered dietitian, which we do have on staff here. Um, and it is a good time to do that during the off season because it's not as stressful on your body. You're not demanding that your body go on two plus hour long runs, right? So it's a really optimal time to be focusing on other things. So I hope that this was useful. I know there's kind of a lot of information that we throw at you and oftentimes the answer is, well, it depends. And so that can kind of drive people crazy. I know that there's so many different cases out there and that's why it's really cool to be able to work with a coach and have someone talk to you about your specific scenario. And that's something that we love doing. I love to get to know people. I love to put 
the puzzle pieces together and really see what is the optimal way that we can get you to your long-term goals. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com to chat with a coach for a free seven day coaching trial and a phone consultation with a coach. Again, that's www.runforprs.com for a free seven day trial. Thanks for tuning in.